0: Hello and welcome to DKI, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode number 128. I'm your host, Joel, and joining me all the way from Massachusetts, it's Jace. It's spooky month! I mean, we're halfway through spooky month, but yes, this is true. Uh, We're getting a bit of a late start to spooky month because... you. As always, you have the start of the fall anime season at the start of October. Yep. So we've been a bit preoccupied with things. <laughs> but now we're actually going to start getting into spooky things. But at the same time, we're still actually sort of in the reactionary beginning of season stuff. Because the yeah. the second half, really, of premieres uh, dropped this past week. So we're actually still going to have a good number of things we're going to go through here at the top of the show. And uh, there's a couple of things that I know, Jace. You hadn't had a chance to see when we had yeah. our show last week, so I, I just had to start off. You know, for, let's say this is alphabetical or something. It's probably not going to be alphabetical. Did you watch yeah. Akiba Made War?
1: So uh, I got around to it, and Chef's Kiss. I mean, like, like I said,
0: <laughs> I can't. T- you can't tell people why. You just need to tell people watch Akiba Made War.
1: I I need to get around to watching the second episode of Human Crazy You because. It caught my eye because of how weird it was, um, and by God, the concept is so weird that if I explained it, it would kind of be a spoiler of the first episode because the first episode is literally kind of explaining the setup for it. It is so freaking bizarre that it is like on par with that *Akiba Made War*, where you just go, "Just watch it, just watch it." You'll either like it or not, but *Akiba Made War* is one of those where it's like. Pretty sure you'll like it, Human Crazy You. Yeah. Not so much.
0: It's it's like a... I have not watched Human it's like Crazy You because I'm still like it. I, I've lost track. I think I'm at 14 shows because I haven't seen Bleach yet. I heard that Bleach yep. Thousand Year Blood War had a phenomenal premiere. Um, I heard it was, it was great,
1: people. but I also heard like if you haven't been into Bleach before, it does not hold your hand and get you back into it. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds. Well, like I it's didn't follow the entire. I didn't uh, follow the entire series. I I know maybe like roughly the first third of it, thanks to a uh, thanks to a PS3 game I played back in the day. But that's uh, about I it.
0: Think, um, yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it mostly as a function of I don't have Hulu. And yeah, same here. I'm not sure if I'm going to follow if I'm going to get Hulu just for that for it's one the type show. Of thing of, yeah, you know, I just can't justify it, frankly. That uh, I. Maybe what I'll do is near the end of it, that I'll do the 30-day free trial and that I'll binge, you know, 50 episodes or something, however many it is, in 30 days. That's a reasonable watch. I could do that. Um, But I'm not likely to keep up with it weekly just because I don't have Hulu at this point in time. But if you have Hulu, I've heard good things. So, you know, uh, I'm happy for the Bleach fans. I'm very happy for the Bleach fans.
1: So uh, this season has a lot of shows that just kind yeah. of lock you in with a. You just need to like. We got to keep a made war, and then of course debuting this week, Chainsaw Man. Yes, oh I saw that one last night. God, and
0: Chainsaw Man! This is I a love it. This is a bloody show. This is a yep. violent show. If you do not yep. like blood and violence, do not watch this show. If I you mean, are a okay. name like Chainsaw I, I even, Man, should yeah, kind of clue you in a little and, bit, and, especially if you see the main character. It's not even. It's very bloody. There is a lot of yeah. red ink going around, but it's also not grotesque. It's not the type of thing that you look at and say, oh, that is stomach churning. We're still it's very still much- It's still a in the- Shonen Jump
1: property. Yeah. And it's is- not like Helsing, you know, it's not seinen. Yes. So you're not going to get gross out or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you're still going to see a lot of red. <laughs>
0: exactly, yes. I was going to say that this is something that a- really the word is it's not grotesque this is something that you're not going to watch and have your stomach turn this is still very safely in that pg-13 range of what is being shown so don't worry about it being that level of gore but i know some folks just don't care for blood in general and if you don't care for blood you're not going to care for chainsaw man but i think everyone else is going to care for chainsaw man that yes it is a good first episode hook um I'm very excited to see where it goes because basically as most first episodes are that it's the setup it's the pilot I were very clearly being shown that all right they're about to be they're about to be led into a whole new world and that there's going to be a lot of stuff happening in these next couple episodes but you know just from the basis of it all I am very much on board I'm excited to see what all the hype is about and why you know from this first episode, I wouldn't necessarily look at this and say, oh, this is obviously the next big thing. But the first episode was very strong. And knowing just the accolades that so yeah. many people have for this show, I look at this first episode and I can see, yes, I can see how this could very easily become something that has earned all this acclamation. I look forward to seeing, you know, the payoff and the buildup of why it has what it has. Um, is it just me other other
1: locks uh, I'd say Raven uh, the Raven Consort Raven in the Inner Palace yeah
0: Raven Consort episode 2 paid off even better Um, very happy to see where that one's gone A.Q. Shonen Eternal Boys is Mm -hmm. I guess off the list because it hasn't Mm. been licensed
1: you know Futokono Guild an episode happened to fall off a truck and I watched it and I can see why it wasn't licensed Nobody Uh, wanted to go through an interspecies reviewers type of controversy again because the fan service is through the roof. There's a censored and uncensored version of it. Uncensored just gives you nips. That's all it does. Um, There's nothing hentai about it other than nipples. Oh, my God. It's something all humans have, but it's anime. Therefore,
0: yeah. The, the, uh, and, uh, the, the classic line that you have from Tumblr, from Tumblr, female presenting nipples. Die, villainess. Team final boss. Still good. I'm in. That's yeah, definitely a lot I'm for in. me. Um, uh, Pop team epic is something I'm going to go back to
1: later. Um, it's not something I need to keep up with week to week. Um,
0: management of a novice s- alchemist is nice, cute slice of life. It is setting itself up right now to firmly be outside the top ten and outside of the honorable mentions, but it's still light and fluffy enough that I will tune in each week and be just delighted for the 22 minutes that I spend with it.
1: Uh, stronger by farming, uh, I dropped it onto my maybe uh, you know try to watch it later type of thing. Uh, maybe it's one of those things that uh, after you know a few episodes have aired maybe it feels good watching a few episodes back-to-back type of show uh, versus, you know, watching it week-to-week, because uh, mm. there are some shows that do that. I mean, like I said in the past with PI, which I'm not ready for it to end this Sunday uh, at the time of this recording. Like, I am not ready. Um, But I am glad that there's enough content that in the rare case that they decide to do a second season, this first season only covered uh, Four volumes of manga and there are currently 13 volumes out which means they have enough material for at least two more seasons uh speaking of the time of the recording
0: i did see a notification on my anime list that mobile suit gundam the witch from mercury is actually slated for two seasons to 25 episode seasons for a total of 50 episodes very much like hmm code geass and there's oh, your man.
1: reference. You, you beat me to the reference because I had one for later on in the show. <laughs> ah, don't worry, you can do it anyways. Whoever said it could only yeah.
0: be one for show. Uh, uh, more take than two shots,
1: couple. you know, in case we don't have one next week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, more than a married couple, but not lovers. Um, That's the one with the, you know, uh, the couple's practical Yeah, thing. yeah. I watched the first episode. It was okay. I love the visual style. It's very pretty, mm. very colorful. There is definitely some fan service in this one. Yeah. And course. I, did you watch this one, Jace? Uh,
1: it wasn't on my, on my main watch list. Um, and cause I we, was at 19 gonna shows say,
0: initially. <laughs> I'm going to say, don't add it that I will give it another two episodes to decide if I want to keep up with it myself. Yeah. I inherently find it very difficult. It, you know, it just, there's a lot of things that I can do suspension of disbelief for, but for some yeah. reason, the suspension of disbelief that in order to graduate high school, that you need to do a a a class where you are where you are paired off with someone and, you know have to live together and be a couple. and then that there's also this gamification of it that you know, the top yeah. ten couples for every semester then get the option to switch partners because apparently if they're so good together, why not switch them? That's logical, uh? yeah. It, it, this is very obviously, the you know, the whole thing of our two protagonists are paired together and they actually want to be with another pair and that they're going to have to pretend to be a couple in order to uh, actually get with the folks that they want to be with, but inevitably are going to actually fall for each other at some point and will probably succeed enough to where they are faced with the decision of, ooh, do we want to actually pursue being a couple with the folks that we wanted to at first or do we now just actually want to be with each other still. It it feels very, very predictable. And it's just going to be a question of, is the chemistry engaging and compelling enough to make me want to go through that predictability? And right now it's sort of straddling that line that it wasn't a bad show. It wasn't a a bad premiere. If you like your rom-coms and uh, don't have anything already queued up, you could do worse than this. But at the same time, like we've said, we have a lot this season. And And a lot of shows have rom-com elements to Mm -hmm. them to a degree,
1: like Villainous Tames the Final Boss. Yeah, I haven't gotten around to watching Love Flops yet, and I know that that's in that rom-com genre as well. I haven't seen Love
0: Flops either. I'm going to have to look at that because- I I I
1: got to check that out. And Bibliophile Princess will have those undertones of a romance story on top of it all. Did you see episode two yet? I haven't file. had a chance. I did. I, and it was very that's, good. That's usually, that one's been up, up there for me because I love that art style. It's very old school shoujo, mm-hmm. Um, And I'm sure it continues just being a beautiful series. Um,
0: Muff love I'm Still on the Fence yeah. is starting off really strong. That the first mm. episode of season two is a lot of exposition. Episode two of season two is very good. And from Something happens in episode mm. two and I've seen from comments and heard from folks that in actuality, the end of episode of season two, episode two is actually the end of the true prologue, really, that now mm. we're really getting into it and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. So, uh, you know, Love. if you saw season one, definitely get into season two, um, you already said Raven. I have not gone back to reincarnated um, as a sword. Spy my Master family, Has No tail. Two. My
1: Master Has No tail is something I'll probably return to and watch, you know, several episodes at a time or something just because again, I'm watching so many shows and while I like it because I love Japanese culture, I love history um, and I always love learning more about an art form like uh, Rakugo, I just cannot fit it in with everything. Um, you you were saying uh, Spy Family. Yeah, Spy Family continues to be great. My Hero Season 6 continues to be great.
0: Um, um, Eminence and Shadow, Episode 2. Yeah, I'm in. that. This is, it's queuing itself up to be another power fantasy with potential cerebral things, and that's what I'm really hoping.
1: But it could just be a power fantasy.
0: But at the same time, You know, I very much established myself as I enjoy me usually one one good power fantasy per season. And I have also established myself as someone saying, while I do enjoy me a good power fantasy, I'm not just going to watch any old power fantasy that I have, you know, spoken the praises many times over of Overlord and reincarnated as a slime. But I just, I took a sword to reincarnate it as a sword last week and I stand by that. And I look at Eminence in <laughs> and yeah. chat on saying, this is a satisfying power fantasy so far. I am in for more. Uh, I'd say it as far as power thin, fantasy But goes, I'm optimistic.
1: Yeah, I'd say as far as power fantasy goes, I am very much in on Beast Tamer. Um, it is, I mean, there's obviously going to be some etchy to it because it's going to be a guy surrounded by female, uh, you know, basically. Monster Girls, you know, there's there's going to be a Dragonoid one. There's going to be, you know, so, I mean, there's there's that aspect to it. But the relationship between uh, Rain Shroud and uh, I'm blinking out on her name right now. I know it starts with a K. Is so freaking wholesome. And it's just like, she is so freaking cute. I I I'm in on Beast Tamer. So it's it's the sort of unusual power fantasy where it just happens to be more of an avatar, the last airbender. Like, he comes from a culture of people who are all beast tamers, and thus he is very strong and can do things most beast tamers can't do. Like, there's a subclass to beast tamer that just specializes in insects. And in the second episode, he takes a bunch of hornets who have paralyzing venom to them and just puts temporary contracts on all of them at once to go after a huge freaking like legion of thieves and stuff like that and he's just like thank you guys and they all go off on their way and Thanks,
0: it's just bye. it's
1: yeah it's it's just kind of cute and wholesome in that sort of way and it doesn't and it's not an isekai powder power fantasy it's just a Fantasy power, fantasy of this oh, yes, one I suppose,
0: power. I suppose I do need to also put the asterisk of Eminence in Shadow is an isekai power fantasy. Yeah, but it's also just think, fun and yeah, super fashionable and oh god, yeah, it, those it's just, outfits. It's like, doing stuff well though. It's it, but it also has that sort of a, the undertone of comedy of the main character is putting on an act and sort of just stringing things along and is just genuinely impressed and surprised at how much stuff he's actually able to pull off. And he's like, you know, oh, this was supposed to diffuse the situation. It actually uh, made the situation bigger, but it also worked out in my favor. Or, oops, Mm. I, uh, uh, you know, he's trying to be cool and tosses a knife at a map when one of his subordinates says, which of these hideouts do you think is where they are? And he from across the room just throws a knife at the map. And it's like, that's the one. And you hear and say, oh, shoot, I didn't mean to aim for that one. I meant that other one. And then Sporner goes, but that makes no, oh, my gosh. The Happy Coincidence? That's actually <laughs> right. If we look at all of this other data here, it makes perfect sense. I can't believe you saw that. Ah, yes, I definitely meant to do that. Mm-hmm, yes, that was absolutely my intent. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's that's um, the type of bumbling success that we have. On top of yeah. the fact that he is just
1: legitimately very powerful, and it's and it and it adds for humor on top of it all, which I do kind of like that little bit of uh, you know, like I didn't mean to do that. Oh, what a happy coincidence! Yes, <laughs> um, last uh, Yatsura on my list. Yeah, Uderse Yatsura. I mean, I don't have much to say other than it's David Pro being David Pro. It's so very it's, pretty.
0: It's, it it's is great. a very pretty show and it's um, i have not the, seen the original I have herself. you seen the original
1: I've, I've seen the original actually and rumiko takashi's uh, original really did kind of set the bar for a the i guess you could say sitcom anime like if it wasn't for Urusei yatsura we wouldn't have had things like tenchi moyo really come out and it it's really faithful it's slightly modernized it does what a good, like remake slash modernization should do.
0: And some of this is I, still clearly in period that the phones that they're using are not smartphones. That they're using the phones yeah. where it's the rotary dials. Actually, yeah. Um. So that's dating it pretty clearly. Um, but
1: the uh, the the sort of uh, I want to say like there, there's a sort of vibe
0: that uh oh yeah. You, yeah this very much feels like a more classic you know 80s 90s anime and it's the type of thing that if this were to be released as a new ip by today's standard it might be considered a bit mundane but i'm yeah. very much planning on keeping up with it like you said for historical the humor deals. ramps up oh yeah the and humor does it, ramp it's up. already very fun <laughs> this would be something that if yeah. it were released today it might get buried under bigger IP or it might yeah. be able to just hold its own. And I think it would be considered if it was any a very other serviceable author. show. It'd be if fine. If it was
1: any other author, that would be the other issue nowadays. Because the thing is, Rumiko Takashi has a pedigree under titles like Inuyasha, Ranmo, Half. Like, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the name Rumiko Takashi and the fact that it's pre-existing, it definitely would get buried. Um, yeah. And speaking It'd be passable, of beautiful- but it would get buried. Yeah, speaking of beautiful, Legend of Mana is living up to expectations. I mean, it's an RPG produced by Square Enix from the '90s.
0: Yeah, I'm happy go- to hear that yeah. because sometimes you get these game adaptations that are just kind of hollow. This is
1: uh, this is better than say a uh, Tales of adaptation because those feel more like hollow cash grabs to tie into you know Bandai Namco's games. You know, or uh, even the Persona animes, which while being you know well animated, also feel like hollow cash grabs to get either fans of the game to watch it or people who might not play the game to watch it and then want to play the game. This is very much different because while there are two ways you can play that game nowadays, either in the uh, the the collection of Mana trilogy that came out uh, with the old school uh, games on it or the HD remaster, um, at the same time, this stands strong on its own as a very visually beautiful, well-animated tribute to a game on its anniversary. And, I mean, while cash grabs for anniversaries are very common these days, um, I wouldn't mind seeing more things in this vein of very well-produced, the, uh, like I hope Square Enix doesn't see this I, and you sees can have dollar your cash signs. cash
0: grab as long as it's yeah. a quality cash grab.
1: Yeah. So I'm hoping that Square Enix sees this and maybe like for mecha fans who who like that sort of thing, maybe do front missions since they're bringing uh, back and remastering the front mission franchise. Uh, I would like to see them down the line look to their uh, legacy IPs and you know go ahead like. It's five years from now because uh live a live just got its HD 2D
0: remaster back in yeah, July and to great accolades in general yeah, that it, a lot I mean, of people
1: I played I played the fan translation and then I played the demo, and I am all in on buying the game once I've cleared out a bit of my backlog because it is that good and that unique, and I would love to see it get animated one day, like say maybe five years from now or something. Give it an anniversary type feel and give us that. So, kudos to I forget what animation teams working on uh, Legend of Mana, but them and Square Enix for producing something very, very much uh, just honoring that legacy of that game. Because if it wasn't for that, that series might not have gained a small little fandom in the West that's now become kind of along the lines of, like, the Earthbound fandom. You know, it's it's niche enough, but it's big enough to sell. And, you know, I mean, it's all about money.
0: Merchandising! <laughs> but the real money from the movie is made. And I think that just about does it, that, uh, you know, we had a lot to go through, but like we said, it's been a big season and, and I'm happy there's to say definitely the most, a lot it, getting
1: cut down too along the way, because <laughs> I'm down from 19 to 15 and that'll probably shrink a little bit more by next week. Maybe.
0: Yeah. And actually the one that I have not actually watched yet, that is airing already. I haven't gotten into mob yet. We'll see how that goes. Mm, yeah. Um, I need
1: to catch up. I need to finish the first two seasons before I even start season three. So that's, that's kind of like a uh, classroom of the elite where I didn't finish season one yet as season two was airing, but I'm I'm feeling like like Classroom of the Elite. It's one of those things that you can watch several can episodes watch in a row.
0: Right? So, yeah. you know, so it can wait. Yeah, um, there's also the little lies we tell, um, and we mentioned Love Flops, which still yeah. have yet to air. I think they each air in no the next no Ituki, two days.
1: Shinobino Ituki is still on my uh, maybe list as well. Oh, you mean it's Naruto, but not Naruto uh Naruto meets like visually it's got this slick feeling similar to Gantz and Full Metal Panic and you know it's 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 interesting that it's it's modernized cyber ninjas who are warring with some historical stuff thrown in it. there's a lot of clichés in there but the actions and the style are kind of good uh but I'm I'm still very much fence post about it it might be one of those where it's like Okay, I like it, but not enough to keep over the week by week. Let's on a week where I'm all caught up, say, like on a on a Thursday or a Monday, because out of every day this season, Monday is the only day that doesn't have a show coming out of it. So Monday might be my catch up slash semi binge watch day as a result.
0: Nice. Nice. Uh, But that leads us to our uh, main topic. Of the day that, as we mentioned, amidst all the wonderful new anime, it's also spooky season and we're, yes, halfway through the month getting into our actual spooky content. But we wanted to take today to talk about some vampires, some good old vampires, because uh, we're probably going to be spending the next couple of weeks doing some spooky ones. I think we're eyeing zombies for next week, Uh, but... For vampires, that obviously vampires are a huge pop culture trope in general. This is not something that is unique to anime and manga by a long shot. If anything, it could be, well, it would be accurate to say that this is one of uh, Western culture's more prominent influences on Eastern culture. That, yes, there are definitely instances in Japanese and Chinese folklore that have, a, they have their would own, effectively uh, be vampires that did uh, so, uh china has
1: the uh or uh, hopping corpses um yeah. most but notably the, like if you played super mario land those are a uh, kind of anime uh enemy in that
0: game <laughs> mm-hmm. but the term vampire is one that does have that western origin Western, even yeah. if there were other e- even if there are many variations uh, some that are indeed original to uh, Japanese culture that the term "vampire has largely been adopted pretty much across the world at this point for
1: certain closest- types of
0: monsters, usually that usually that suck blood to some extent. Yeah. but there's uh, so Japan many different representations totally- in, you know, vampire motives, vampire origins. Some do suck yep. blood. Some don't. What powers do they have? Do Are they able to walk in the sun? Do they sparkle?
1: <laughs> so, Well, I know that uh, a lot of times um, the allure of vampires, of course, comes from, uh, I mean, just in general, when you think of like, you know, Dracula, there's the idea of like this sort of hypnotic vision of sorts which then leads people to the idea of beautiful alluring people who uh draw people in to then feed upon them is a very Mm -hmm. common trope among vampires so we do see a lot of beautiful vampires and we see uh a lot of gothic elements because of the storytelling and time periods um around the lore like uh, the historical uh, story of Vlad the Impaler, um, uh, Vlad Tepish, who of course, uh, while not an anime, is very anime adjacent because it's a uh, video game property from Japan. Castlevania is uh, based around the lore of the actually the original Bram Stoker's
0: Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But that's very a much sad stylized point because <laughs> very much stylized. But yeah, um, and you mentioned. Vampires are generally considered to be conventionally very attractive, very alluring, and uh, certainly in visual mediums like manga and anime that, well, we like seeing pretty characters. And yep. boy, howdy, does a vampire give a good excuse for the, for the artist to just draw this unreasonably attractive person in gothic style more often than not, yes. Oh, yeah. um, and then just to have them be very powerful. Plus, there's oh, also just yeah. the mystery because, especially nowadays, when it's not, when it's, I would say it's much more accepted and almost expected that the stereotype of vampire powers is not as ironclad as it once was. That for a long time in public consciousness, as I mentioned, and as Jason mentioned, that day, vampire powers and origins were largely in the Bram Stoker. Uh, just canon of, all right, you yeah. know, they can't walk in the sun, they don't like garlic, uh, you have to invite them yeah. in and all Weakness that stuff. crosses, uh, yeah. you know,
1: and various other powers,
0: like transformation to bats,
1: maybe it's mist, like, so, you know... But now
0: there's so much I, more variation, and I think that yeah. the general populace is a lot more expectant, actually, of there being variations, that there are very few nowadays that fit that conventional mold. There's usually going to be certain elements that are common, but you find that the commonalities vary greatly from iteration to iteration. And I suppose, you know, starting off the top, that uh, one of the, I would say one of the most iconic vampires today, at least, in anime and manga, would be Dio Brando from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And it's it's the type of thing that As you watch it, you don't necessarily, if you're not, if you look at Dio Brando as someone who isn't into JoJo's and, you know, all the art and the abilities, you don't necessarily think of him as a vampire, but he very much has the the vampiric flavoring and is literally called a vampire. Um, But, you know, the origins there is obviously the stone mask that this is literally episode one spoiler, so I don't consider it a spoiler, that he gets it because there is this cursed stone mask that uh, more or less infects him with vampirism and gives him these powers. Uh, as you get into the later parts of the series, he has his stand of Zawaldo. And time-stopping sure as heck is not a conventional vampire power, but there but, is... Uh,
1: regeneration, of course, uh, is something mm-hmm. associated with them uh, due to... Oh, I've been injured. Let me drink some blood. Haha, ha, I am better now. Uh, definitely a very common vampire trope. Um, yeah, I, I want to say once you leave part one and somewhat part two of JoJo, they kind of just throw a vampire out the window with the exception of Dio's origin of being a vampire. Because yeah. by the time you hit part four, bye bye, vampires. Uh, part one also falls into the gothic baroque trope uh, due to time setting, uh, being the late 1800s. You know, you have horse-drawn carriages, um, you know, well-to-do family. Uh, So it it very much falls into a lot of those traditional vampire images that we see.
0: Yeah, and Uh, I've only actually seen part one and parts of part two. It's one of those series that, I know I should catch up on, and I hear that the later parts are a lot better than the early ones. The early yeah. ones just sort of—they were fine. They weren't bad, but he was finding his footing because because after part
1: two, they drop Hamon and go into stand, and yeah, it becomes
0: a completely different series at that point. That's what I hear. <laughs> and just for me, part one and part two were very standard battle anime and i was like "Eh, this is fine but i've got a lot of other stuff to do and i'm just not seeing what makes this so special i can appreciate the style but don't get me wrong from day one the music and art direction are on
1: point even even the music uh changes actually starting in part three uh that person's been the composer from part three onward um, so even the music stylings change a little bit after uh, after part two. It it really does feel like a different series. But uh, mm. we we could probably do a whole episode on JoJo in the future. Uh, just uh, I'd want
0: to actually catch up before we do that. So yeah, if,
1: if you do catch up, because uh, I mean, uh, as as we said in the preview, uh, part three, the finale of uh, Stone Ocean, which is part six, the finale of the original canon timeline JoJo. Uh, Drops on Netflix, uh, hashtag not sponsored, hashtag please sponsor us uh, on December Kind of
0: sponsored because day job.
1: Yeah, Uh, but moving on to other animes, um, brief aside, Call of the Night ended
0: last season. If you have not seen it, it's on High Dive. We're not going to rehash it here because we talked about it a lot in this past season. We're probably going to talk about it more at the end of the year, hint, hint, nudge, nudge yeah the so, no good but also at the same there's time there's a little name drop for you for, for that but also one. <laughs> i suppose for today's episode purpose there's not a ton to talk about because we know so little about vampires other than they do suck blood they very strong yeah and that's about it and that they it's they seem to have so infinite use ye- that that's about all we know about these vampires in call of the night
1: yeah, I mean, we saw like some things, like the super strength was a part of it, and the flying was a part of it. Um, again, very cliche superhuman
0: traits. So, yeah, I but mean, they, they, they haven't pun half intended fleshed it out yet. <laughs> um,
1: I want to say going into uh, well known. Um, somewhat of a cult classic it's been covered by bonsai pop a few times uh and it is a favorite of mine uh for multiple reasons vampire hunter d uh,
0: this is one which, i have not seen so please refresh me on the plot
1: okay so it has been turned into a seinen manga um but it originated mostly and and even though it's a manga it's it's mostly more of a novel series between hideyuki kikuchi and illustrated Yoshitaka Amano, who's famous, of course, for uh, the Final Fantasy illustrations. Um, and it's this dark post-apocalyptic world, because of course, post-apocalyptic uh, stories were very uh, uh, famous back in the '80s uh, with things like *Fist in the North Star* and *Mad Max*. Um, and and the manga is a more recent thing. The, uh, the The books have been going since 1983. That's why I say it's that cliche post-apocalyptic. But there have been two films based off of it so far. Um, The first uh, came out oh god, uh, 1985. So again, like in that heyday of when it came out. Um, And The second one came out in 2000, Vampire Hunter v. Bloodlust. Um, They are both very good, very beautiful uh, stories where it's Post-nuclear war, and there's a lot of kind of Lovecraftian vibes to it. Uh, you have this guy who's a uh dampier, so half vampire named D. Or and and basically he's got these powers similar to a vampire. You now he's got this uh sort of demonic uh talking left hand. I, I think it was his left hand. Yeah, it's his left hand. Uh, because traditionally, due to like say Latin and Christian beliefs that the left hand was evil because left is sinistra, uh, I believe in Latin. So he's got this talking homunculus hand that uh, that kind of is his sidekick through it. And the people who run the world in this post-apocalyptic world are vampires, and so he goes out. He hunts them, he fights injustices, and he tries to save humans along the way in this sort of traveling Mad Max, Fist of the North style type way. Um, And yeah, it's only been featured in two movies, and that's what I've seen. I've always wanted to read the novels, just haven't gotten around to getting them, unfortunately. Um, Might get them digitally eventually, uh, because there's no audiobook version as far as I'm aware. but. It is uh, considered basically a modern-day classic. I would say Bloodlust is the better of the two um, because the first one ran into some financial issues, so it didn't quite come out the way they wanted it to. Um, There is word of apparently an animated series that's supposed to be done, although it was put on hold because of the, uh, uh, the Rona, unfortunately. Uh, They announced it back in 2015, so after seven years of production hell, I'm really worried that it's not going to be a thing. Um,
0: Mm, Yeah, at that point, that does start feeling a little bit iffy. But
1: I I will say that Vampire Hunter D is very much a stylistic classic that if you want a good taste of, uh, you know, something 80s, or for that matter, just a good, you know, story to watch around Halloween, check out Vampire Hunter D. Or if you're looking for a good
0: digital era entertainment pun. <laughs> that also works actually
1: uh, yeah I would say uh, Vampire Hunter D is something worth watching but if you're looking for something more light and fluffy now that we've talked about something dark and gritty in 80s um, we got shorts uh, that were produced by legendary anime production company Gonzo uh, Nyanpire the gothic world of Nyanpire
0: they're shorts appreciate the term Nyanpire
1: Uh, I I refer to my uh, my cat Frodo as one because he's black cat with uh, fangs. But uh, yeah, it's this just cute little story about a vampire cat, a small black cat reborn as a vampire with a human owner, loves blood, but also eats red foods like ketchup and blood orange juice. So it's a very much a slice of life, cutesy little thing, uh, you know, in in a Sanrio vein and uh, continuing with vampires and cats. Uh, There was also, um, I want to say, was it, was it?
0: uh, Do you remember the book, Benicula? Did you ever read the book, Benicula? I,
1: I remember it from a TV series that was actually produced on Cartoon Network by Maxwell Adams, the guy behind the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. So I know of Benicula. I don't remember the book, but I've seen the cartoon.
0: I read the book so long ago, I can't remember the specifics. It might have been one of the books that I BS'd in school. I just remember the basic concept of rabbit that uses, that sucks juice out of carrots and vegetables. Yeah. And so it's like a vampire because all of the, uh, the vegetables end up as withered husks. But, you know, it's just a bunny. That's eaten.
1: that's very much the kid-friendly version of vampires where it's, oh no, I just drink the color red. <laughs> Um, but it's it, I I do appreciate a good uh thing like that. There was also uh Ducula back uh in the late 80s, early 90s Ducula? that lived uh pardon me.
0: Ducks don't have teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: might what have been the part the of the joke. I don't know. It was an animated series back in the 90s, uh Count duckula or Ducula or something like that. Uh I do remember it just being it, it was a Daffy Duck looking type duck with the cliche like you know hairstyle and and cape and the fangs. It was very. Uh, it's it's actually in our uh, our note passing uh, picture of it. Yes, uh, it, it very much a product of its time. It is weird, but uh, for more light and fluffy vampireness, uh, check out Tsukiyomi Moonface. Um, something I couldn't finish because it was so sugary sweet. And Marissa is a fan of the sugary sweet. She went after it right away. And it falls in line with mentioning Nyanpire because the main character loves cats and she's a vampire who dresses in all-white Gothic Lolita with white cat ears. (laughs) Mm. Um, It's very much about this sort of friendship between a vampire and a human. Uh, A photographer who's in Germany who happens to meet this young girl in a castle, and it's like, surprise, I'm a vampire! Sucks his blood, turns him into a slave, comedy happens. (laughs) uh, The main character had me going, ooh, I like it, Got the Lolita, cat ears, cute, but the minute that opening theme song hit with the bright pink backgrounds and this odd, like, weird poppy music with this girl in a super cute voice going, and I was just like, I can't, I can't handle this. The imagery made me think, okay, this is going to be, you know, kind of cute, but kind of got no, it is very much light, fluffy, cute. You know, there's romance, there is a lot of comedy to it. I could not, I couldn't make it through it. She loved it. I couldn't make it through it. But there's your light and fluffy uh, vampire. You want something Uh, that's not
0: light and fluffy that I never saw, but I have a, a funny story with. Did you ever Mm. see Blood Sea?
1: Yes, I I didn't finish it because I was really kind of busy at the time. I absolutely loved it just because I was a fan of the original uh, uh, franchise. It was based based off of Blood the Last Vampire.
0: Oh yeah, Blood the Last Vampire. Um, So I had my internship at Funimation when this show was being worked on, because this was, yeah. uh, the manga ran in 2011 to 2012. The yeah. anime was released in 2012. Um, or sorry, the, the anime was released in 2011 and was being, uh, it, it was actually being released by Funimation in 2012 because, you know, this is back in the day when you had to wait six to 12 months for oh, an yeah. anime to get a, a stateside <laughs> release. And that's if you were lucky. Yeah. But um, Uh, I was in the meeting for the original creative brief, which is when they uh, basically, they start to concept and pitch, all right, how are we going to market this show? How are we going to do the branding? How are we going to be talking about it and everything that isn't the show itself? Because obviously they're not making the show, they're just promoting it. And I went into that meeting as someone who had no knowledge of blood as a franchise. Um, What I'm about to say is going to have spoilers, but given that it's ten years old, I think statute of limitations applies here. Yeah, I, <laughs> they explained the plot to me, and I said, "So it's blood, but the Truman Show." <laughs> and yeah. they actually really liked that. So uh, on their original creative brief for Blood Sea, I did contribute uh, "Blood Plus Meets the Truman Show" um, <laughs> because. As is revealed later in the series, it's not a one-to-one, obviously, but basically you have the scenario of the main character being observed in this this not fabricated reality, but this staged scenario that they are not initially aware of. Um, I've seen some clips of it. It is incredibly violent. Like we're talking, we, we spoke earlier today about Chainsaw Man being bloody. Yeah. Bloodsy is a lot bloodier than Chainsaw Man. Good Lord. It's
1: also, it's also though very beautiful for the character designs by Clamp. Oh yeah. This is Clamp.
0: They're doing good stuff because Clamp does a lot of good stuff. Clamp did Code Geass. There's your other reference. Boom. Second
1: reference. (laughs) There's still one more reference to come, too,
0: actually. I'm so excited. Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, Blood Sea is is great. I loved the original Blood the Last Vampire. Um, I mean, that came out in 2000 and felt like an 80s anime. Um,
0: I really freaking loved it. Um, the animation, though, I, would still stand up today in Blood Sea. Yeah. Like and you said, Clamp, very good stuff.
1: There are so many others that I want to briefly met, like, want to mention, but I know that we could easily do a second
0: episode. Like well, next keep in year mind, on we vampires. started a little late today, so we're still right. we've got time.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I know, and I'm going to briefly just uh, brush over this. The romanticism behind vampires leads to a lot of fan art and fan service around beautiful men, you know, and we see it in America with Twilight. Uh, I mentioned it briefly with Vampire Hunter D, but a lot of it is marketed towards women. And as a result, we've had franchises like Diabolic Lovers, uh, which started off with an OBA and then like just actually, I think it started off with an, uh, a visual novel and then just started spinning off into everything. We're talking drama CDs, OBAs, whatever. If if you could, if, if you could make it, they would sell it. And I mean, I'm somewhat familiar with the franchise i watch a little bit of it uh it's your basic otome setup one girl harem of guys she was called to this mansion and everybody in there happens to be vampires and she's not and each one of these guys has some sort of over-the-top personality all of them kind of hinting around about wanting to drink her blood and you know you've got the Sendere guy you've got the overly you know i'm i've I'm lusting for you
0: guy. Like it's You do actually bring up a very interesting one. Um so the concept of drinking someone's blood not being an assault, but being anything from an expression of love to lust. And that actually does come into play in the case study of Vanitas. Mm. Um the the drinking of blood in that series. Well, first off, the the whole Concept of case study of Anitas is that main character is trying to eradicate all vampires. Um, that did, this is actually one that the first season I saw all of didn't see much of the second season. I just sort of fell off of it. But I've heard the second season actually got really good, so I need to go back to it. Uh, Frangi absolutely adored this series, and it's a very pretty one for sure. Um, but the, the act of sucking someone else's blood, while it can be just a form of assault, it is more often than not uh, a act that has very sexual overtones in this oh, series. Yeah. And, um, you know, at first that might sound like, ooh, that's kind of weird, but it's something that I will say they employ very tastefully and creatively. That it is something that it's very interesting just the expressions that characters make aren't lewd in this case. Yeah. Uh, That it's not that type of thing. But it's very clear in the way that they do the framing of everything from just mood and... Yeah. It's something that they do very well without words, frankly, because of how they show the expressions, how they show the things that are said before and after the uh, the act, mm. uh, it's something that they use actually very effectively, in my opinion, for showing character relationships and sometimes growth, but also just showing frame of mind because there's a lot of different cases where you have you know, someone who's sucking someone else's blood a bit more aggressively or a bit more sensually or just outright caringly. And it's really cool to see how they employ that because, you know, it's generally seen as, oh, dear, your blood is being sucked. That must be bad. Uh, and this is a one of those worlds where having your blood sucked does not mean that you are going to be transformed into a vampire. That uh, the mechanics behind becoming a vampire are a bit more complex in this one. Uh, uh. But it's it's a, it's a good series and i would encourage someone to check out the case study in of Vanitas. it's not going to be for yeah. everyone but i'd say that it's worth your time to at least see if it is for you
1: so i'm going to prefix this one with uh, uh preface this one with a bit of a trigger warning because of uh, uh, sexual content uh, just because it even shocked me i didn't expect this to happen as part of it um but this series valve rave the liberator it's <laughs> uh valve rave um it's done by sunrise and uh very much the same creative team uh so to speak as the people because it was sunrise who did code geass, code
0: geass and the- I, I remember i watched this show because <laughs> i was specifically referred to it of it's the folks that did code geass and there's a lot of parallels to code geass and to be fair there is a non-zero number of parallels in this series. Oh this yeah, series, there,
1: there's there's a fanon theory slash like almost canon hinted to that it's a sort of either far off future or even like alternate universe future to Code Geass.
0: That said, this series is not nearly as good as Code Geass, not by a long shot. And you can see that in just the longevity that you don't see or hear people talking about Valve Rave the Liberator very much. It is also, no clamp. <laughs> that too.
1: Um, but Valve Rave was a very interesting take because when I did a little research, I never would have thought of it this way, but it is considered by most as a vampire series because it's a biomechanical mecha that feeds on the life force via its memories, um, mostly, mm-hmm. of the users. And turns the users into a vampire of sorts, who then seem to get it via lust. And that's where the trigger warning is going to come in, is there is something a little dodgy there. there yeah, you, there
0: is some assault here.
1: Yeah, so it, it's, if you,
0: you're sensitive to it, skip the show. But I'm, I'm just going to say skip Valve Raven, watch Code Geass.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I'd I would say th- there's no reason to Mecca,
0: watch Valve Rave when you can watch a perfectly better show called Code Geass. It's right here by, as we said, the same creative team and Clamp. So yeah, I'd, there I'd you I'd go. Say,
1: uh, I, I'd say basically, Valve Rave kind of is a cross between Evangelion meets uh, Engage Kiss. So that should tell you right there that, like, interesting.
0: I never you know, thought of it in those terms. Biomechanical Mecha.
1: But then with Engage Kiss, the whole like, because other people argue that the robot is more like a demon because it also like, you know, it's like forming a contract with these people. And it's uh, it's it's an interesting concept, but it's also skippable. If you're a big fan of what Sunrise does with Mecca, it is a good watch as long as you're not triggered by the whole assault element of it. Oh, no, 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 here's no! Your third reference
0: god, to Gios, <laughs> you totally missed that joke. Oh, what was that? I said no, no. That's Bondi. Trigger is a different studio. <laughs> oh
1: god, dang it!
0: <laughs> um, we're uh, missing something... Rosario Vampire. We've somehow gone yeah. this whole time without mentioning Rosario Vampire.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, God, that one. That one is definitely. Got... How many? How many seasons in manga did it get? Like, I Sorry. know there were two
0: seasons. and I've only seen, like, two episodes of Rosario Vampire, so I can't comment on it. I've only on seen it. a
1: little but bit. I can't talk about it's much it. with it other than a lot of fan service and mocha is hot.
0: <laughs> more or less, but mostly more.
1: Yeah, well, um... is a very fan service uh, show. Uh, what I can bring up, uh, actually, is... Uh, uh, calling back to Call of the Night, which aired as part of the, uh, I believe it's Noitanima is is the name of the t- uh, block. Ten years prior to it was the uh, series Shiki, which was a vampire series Ooh. that presented vampirism. It's, it's kind of coincidental that it came out around the si- same time as uh, the, I want to say it was Swedish uh, book slash like later remade in America. Let the right one in, or the American movie Let Me In. Um, I have one this on this one...
0: too—a story, actually. Oh, this was this was also being uh, promoted and worked on during the marketing internship I had for Funimation. One of the things that oh, wow. I did was I. One thing that it, Funimation did a lot back in the day is still done now, not to the same extent as it once was. Funimation used to do these really cool and original freebies and giveaways for different promotions of shows um, that, you know, obviously you're always going to have your postcards and your posters, but Funimation uh, would back in the day have some more creative ones. And to be fair, they do still do this nowadays. Um, it's just not quite to the same extent because to be fair, these were very expensive types of giveaways that even if it only costs a couple dollars here and there, that what they did for Shiki was they bought thousands upon thousands Of these little, you know, quote unquote blood vials. It is obviously, you know, yeah, yeah, water with food dye in it, but that they were little necklaces and that they bought these little plastic coffins. And uh, that uh, if it was either just for doing a little promotional thing, or I think it may have even just been coming from the booth because of how many I made of these. But what I did for one of the days of my internship was I took several hundred small coffins, open them up, put in these little blood necklaces, close the coffins, and then put on a custom printed cheeky sticker onto the coffin, put it in a box, repeat that. And I basically did a factory assembly line, one person just, all right, open coffin, open coffin, open coffin, open coffin, necklace, 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 shut, 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 sticker, 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 sticker into the box. And just did that for a couple of hours, frankly. And in order to prep for, I don't remember which con, Uh, They were all shipped off to, but uh, I will always have that association in my memory with Shiki that, you know, it's lasted 10 years now, this memory of just filling hundreds. Uh, We're talking, it was probably 600 to 800 coffins with, you know, the little blood vials and putting on the stickers. And it was fun. It was just, it was a very easy thing. It was very much appreciated because it was a, it was more time consuming than it was difficult. And yeah. to save the brand manager the time from having to do it themselves is very valuable. So they were very pleased with me for taking care of this for them. And, you know, mm. it meant it was an easy day for me. It wasn't necessarily the most thrilling day I had it on the job, but it was still fun. And like I said, now it's a memory.
1: Wow. That's uh, that's pretty nuts. Um, so I think in mentioning shiki I want to wrap this up um, with uh, what I like to refer to as the Bucktick Trilogy. Um, because uh, they are a very notable Visual K band that I've mentioned in the past because I am a Visual K fanatic. Uh, and I love this band. They are one of the originators of the genre back in the 80s. Uh, and they are akin to Depeche Mode and The Cure uh, very much like a Japanese version of them. Um, coincidentally, they get tapped for anime for a lot of gothic things like uh,
0: X-Holic, Triple um, XXXX. Actually, I, never know how I to think it's just pronounced holic. Holoc? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> either either I, way, I, I don't even know. But I, you I know, d- know, that's, one, don't probably, know that's one of the things you can hear of just the actually. <laughs> Sorry, actually, keep going. Yeah,
1: but anyway, uh, yeah, they're they're known for uh, they've done stuff for Hollick, but specifically vampire things, as they did the opening to Shiki. But they've also done the opening to two other vampire series. Uh, one was in 2000 for Nightwalker. Uh, which is a uh, horror detective story uh, type thing with a uh, vampire who protects humans from other supernatural creatures. So very much, you know, the vampire saves the day akin to, you know, Hellsing and stuff like that. Um, and it was the song uh, Gesakai uh, is the name of the song that they did for that one. Uh, the song from Shiki, was uh kuchizuke uh which means kiss gesakai is moon world and uh probably the most notable one because this one aired on adult swim is trinity blood uh which uh featured the song dress and uh this was studio gonzo Uh, so again great studio behind it very visually just chef's kiss type manga it's it's that highly detailed very gothic design in this case we have a very interesting twist on vampires because fighting for the church is abel night road it's, uh, who i used to make fun of because of how they pronounced it in japanese it sounded like night load <laughs> very much could have been mistranslated horribly thank god but he is a krosnik a vampire that feeds on vampires. There's your twist right there. <laughs> uh, aired on Adult Swim back in the day, and it was really freaking cool. I just thought that, like, the, the art style and everything. Uh, uh, our producer in the chat is saying, like, Blade 3. Yeah, it is. it is very much... I mean, I could say, yes, uh, Blade also did get an anime, but we talked about that back when we were talking about uh, Western properties that were turned into animes. See several episodes back, like, several months ago. I don't remember the episode number. But Trinity Blood, uh, 24 episodes, um, very gorgeous. Um, Another semi-apocalyptic type thing. There's a level of... uh, futurism like almost almost kind of like a cross between cyber and steampunk to it because both the uh militant uh militant vampires and the you know the Vatican use things like airships and missiles and computers and stuff like that it's very dystopian um and the vampires are rebelling for the freedom of themselves because they're seen as uh, sort of a uh, lesser than humanity to a degree. Uh, kind of a scourge because uh, vampirism in Trinity Blood is actually caused by a virus. Which is quite unique because we went from Shiki earlier where they thought that the vampires were being caused by an epidemic that was going through. Not exactly the best thing to talk about these days. <laughs> to yet another virus in trinity blood so so it's interesting that vampirism also is seen in some stories as a sort of illness a blood illness a plague. um a plague yes or uh if if we're talking uh blood illness uh be sure that you're not morbing out at the mem uh, at the mention of a blood illness right now <laughs> it's uh for just to throw in another anime meme (laughs) into the mix uh yeah it's it's kind of fascinating that just there are these kind of japan has taken so many different concepts of vampirism and run with them in very unique ways and it's always fascinating because like there, this is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to vampires, where I'm kind of just going along the surface of some of the best known, because some of them really deserve deep dives. And uh, I think one last one, just because a lot of people will probably be like, hey, you mentioned Castlevania. It's a video game. Darkstalkers. There you go. There's another, uh, and it fits into Spooky Month, because Darkstalkers is... Not only because uh, in Japan the ty- the series is called Vampire Savior, and the main character is seen as Morrigan, who is a vampire. Uh, but there's also uh, Jetta who is also a vampire, very much different from her. And he happens to be voiced by Takeido Koyasu, who played another vampire Dio. <laughs> it's all connected. So I'm I'm at my little poster board with the, the yarn right now <laughs> between all the animations and
0: and i still <laughs> i maintain to this day that araki sensei is a vampire and jojo's bizarre adventure is just his autobiography Have i, you I am with you on that, that man, there's no way that man is 70 he years old he does not
1: age and he just claims it uh, it's a very good health like skin healthcare regimen he, and I oh, think the only been, other person, like, sidebar, faraki. even though, like, people point to him as being like, oh, my God, we're going to kill this man with our demands for Smash Brothers. I think that uh, Sakurai, uh, and, and coincidentally, I both, I mean, he's got a good skin uh, healthcare regimen, too, supposedly, but him and another Sakurai, Atsushi Sakurai, the vocalist from Bucktick, watched the music videos, like, from the 80s up until now. That man don't age either. <laughs> Mm, finding another pin on that uh, conspiracy theory board
0: (laughs) but that's gonna have to be for another day this has been a delightful episode number 128 of Kai, the weekly anime podcast here at digital era entertainment i'm joel he's jace we'll be back next week as per usual like i said i think we're gonna be doing zombies so definitely look forward to that as always, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow, all that jazz here on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. On YouTube, you can see the trailer for Cocodono Pro, our upcoming wrestling visual novel. And uh, if you'd like, you can check out our sponsor, Image Anime, at imageanime.com. You can use the code DISCOUNTSHIP, that is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-S-H-I-P, for free shipping on orders of $100 or more. And you can get Digital Era Entertainment merchandise at... Uh, sorry merch.streamelements.com slash digitaleraentertainment. And I will be back as always next Thursday with RJ, next Friday with Jace, but also next Saturday, the 22nd, we are going to be doing our next radio drama presentation of Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Turnabout Spotlight. This is a adaptation of the stage show that actually only ran in Japan. So even if you played all the Ace Attorney games, this is going to be a new story that it is not just an adaptation of the games. That this is a whole new story, that there are recurring characters. You're going to see Will Powers, Wendy Old Bag, sorry, Wendy Old Bag, uh, and obviously, you know, Phoenix, Maya, Edgeworth, the, the usual crew. So, definitely one you'll want to tune in for. That is going to be next Saturday, the 22nd. Hope you'll tune in for it. I think that's just about going to do it for us. So, uh, have a great rest of your days. Stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch.
1: See- I see it all,